Let's do a few seconds of silence. Silence. Silence green is people. I, I knew one of us was going to make that joke. <laughs> Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode number 238. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prillman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by one Brogan King. It's me. It is the one, the only Brogan King. I I would have made a joke about being the one Brogan King, but I'm pretty sure that we made that same joke either last episode or two episodes ago. We did. And, we made that exact exact joke one episode ago. And I don't want to. I'm predictable, but I didn't want to be quite that predictable. <laughs> so here we are. It's almost like we're a deterministic machine. You put the same joke in, and you get the same comment out. You've made. You've made. You you've gotten really into the rhythm of of good evening, afternoon, morning drive to work. Oh, you've said it in the same order. Well, it's just backwards order. Oh, as you as you move backward into the beginning of the day, right? So it's you know evening, evening, noon, afternoon, morning, and then I sprinkle on a little drive to work to taste. The end. Yes, yes. All right. So in this episode, this fun-filled and exciting episode, we will be talking <laughs> Truly about thrilling. It is so. You know, hey, we're we're a judge podcast. We do rules and things like that. I mean, and stuff. you can't say that we haven't talked about rules lately. We did a we did a release notes. We did, but we don't really count those. Those are like the sugar cereal. That's this fair. is this is uh this is you know that's that's your your lucky charms. This is going to be more of your grape nuts. Maybe what's your problem? What's your beef with grape nuts? I you know it's this is going to be a heavy fiber episode. Yeah, it's very crunchy. Yeah, brand, raisin bran. All right, this is this is your raisin bran, and. <laughs> What the topic is, it is a topic that I was actually surprised how long it's been since we did this. Uh, the, the last time we covered this was in 2014 with episodes 88 and 89. We're going to be discussing types. Card types. Card types, Super yes. types, subtypes. Right. Types. All sorts of types. All types of types. Types But of not type. like Arial or Times New Roman... Okay, good because immediately I was like, I was like, Little Mermaid. I don't get. Oh, that. oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> I, I, don't know. I couldn't think of fonts. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Wingdings, uh, Comic Sans, Papyrus, Cur- Courier. All right, but but okay. but not those. Nope. So this episode uh, covering covering types types is a whole section. In the comprehensive rules. It's section three. So all the rules in the 300 are in types. Turns out that's a lot. Because it it doesn't actually stop there. Uh, much like uh, one of the creatures from Stranger Things, it kind of spreads out underneath the surface of the comp rules. So, so. What, we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about... We're going to split this up across two episodes. And so part one... We're going to talk about the general rules around supertypes, types, subtypes, and then we're going to talk about all the supertypes, um, and then we're going to start going through the types and the subtypes associated with those types. And I've started saying the word type so much that it's started to lose meaning. And we are less than five minutes into the episode. We are. So 
we're not going to get through all of the types. So in next episode, we're going to finish up with the types, and then we're going to talk a little bit about type-changing effects. So we, we give the base most of the baseline now and then get into where things get weird later? Yes. Although, although we're going to cover a few weird things in this episode. Uh, so where can I find, you know, when we talk about type, you know, Every everything everything in magic gets divided up into into types. You know, type A, type B, type C, and they're going to have names. Where can I find what the type of a card is? Well, Brian, are you familiar with the type line? I am. Uh, or no, I'm not. Please tell me what is a type <laughs> oh, line. All right, okay, okay, you you got it, you got it, you got it. Yeah, yeah. You're I'll, not. I'll edit it out. It'll be seamless. It'll fix. No it. one we'll will ever it. know. Um, yeah. So uh, you can find all that on the type line. I'm looking <laughs> I'm I'm only now registering what exactly you've typed into into the show notes for this. <laughs> uh um but so the type line is generally directly below the the picture. By generally I mean it is. Um assuming there's not I don't know where when when it would not be. Um it uh will Always show the type, and if there are any applicable uh, supertypes or subtypes, they will also be there. Um, there's all kinds of weird rules surrounding types, supertypes, and subtypes. Um, what Brian has typed here is, these are their stories. <laughs> what is that? Is that a reference to something? I think... I want to say it was like some sort of old like crime drama dragnet type thing where it's it's like, you know, there are a million criminals in the Windy City. These are their stories. So I made a I made a pop culture reference to a culture I was never a part of, nor do I really know. Is it in the show notes where no one will see but us? If you know what this is a reference to, please tell us. I'm pretty sure I can Google these are their these are their stories and something will come up. I like I I'm more enjoying not knowing. Uh, okay, well then I won't look it up. <laughs> oh, Law and Order. You've ruined okay. it. Well, that's actually not even a show from the sixties. Like I was talking about a show from the sixties. This isn't even a show from the sixties. This is this is something pseudo contemporary. Anyway, uh, but apparently <laughs> we're we're making Law and Order references that we don't know we're making. Uh, in in true Judgecast fashion, um. But yeah, these these are in fact their stories. So every every card has a type, with the one exception of that one corner case example we had like two or three episodes ago, where we or had a permanent with no type. Or you have created some sort of something with right. no type. So so the types that we're all familiar with, and we're going to be talking about it over the next two episodes, are artifacts, creature enchantment, instant land, plain walker, plain. Sorcery, tribal, and vanguard. Brian, you were you were you were cutting out there for for some of those. Okay, okay, we're gonna be talking about art. Uh, the ones the ones that I was I was joking about: conspiracy, phenomenon, plane, scheme, and vanguard. I debated making a joke about tribal. Tribal those at are, least those appears th- on some relevant cards, right? And so the the so the ones that we're mostly going to be concerned with are artifact creature. Uh, Enchantment, instant land, planeswalker, sorcery, and tribal. And tribal with a star. And tribal with a star, yes. 
Um, those are those are the types. Now, Brogan did when she was talking about what was on the type line. She mentioned a super type. What is that like? You know, like like if I'm a type, Captain America would be a super type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just types, but fancier. Um, which is actually sort of true. Um, in that it is separate from types. It is they are independent of types, um, but they're 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 fancy. Um, so our super types, uh, in in order of how much they will appear in your life, are uh, <laughs> basic, legendary, snow, world, and ongoing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so really, the first two, basic and legendary, are will will come up frequently. Snow, occasionally. The other two, world and ongoing, very rarely. Yep. Uh, so super super types are independent of your type, meaning you know you can have uh, a legendary creature or a legendary land or uh, a legendary planeswalker. Um, you, when we say independent, now normally you only know about a basic land. There's no such thing as a basic creature, but from a rule standpoint, there's no reason why there couldn't be. Right. If, if, if you, if something weird happens and you turn your mountain into a creature, right. It can, it can still be basic as we all can. can. Yep. So, um, subtypes are, are, you know, so they are dependent on the card type. So each type has a list of subtypes associated with it. You know, this is where you get your clues, your equipment, your traps, your adventures, uh, your curses. Um, and you can't mix it, mix and match. So I can't have a subtype if I don't also have the type. I can't have an enchantment vampire or a planeswalker food. I love the idea of being a planeswalker food. But I, <laughs> I understand. Right, um, and then we, we we've been talking here about uh, you know that this is on the type line of the card. Well, they're occasionally tokens, and they have types too, but they don't have type lines because they're not physical cards. They the the physical representation of the cards will like of tokens will will generally show like have. Some, if you're assuming you're using a a token that is you know one of the magic like actual branded tokens, it'll have a a similar looking line. All right, so that's kind of the basic set of rules for for type subtypes, or or at least the categorization of uh, of types, subtypes, and supertypes. So now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to start with super types because since they're independent of card types, we can kind of explain them broadly uh, as it as they pertain to yes all the other things. Yes. All right. So what what we got? What's so what's so super about these super types? They're pretty super. Um, first things first. Um, an object can have more than one super type, such as our friend Dark Depths. It is a legendary snow land. Um, so it ha- it is it is its type is land. It's super types are legendary and snow. Um, to walk through sort of what the different types of super types 
<laughs> different kinds of super types, I think, maybe a better yeah. way of saying that. Um, we talked about basic. Um, basics right now, um, only it's a super type that will only apply to lands. Um, when you're reading about, there are cards that talk about basic lands versus non-basic lands. Anything without the super type of basic is a non-basic land. Anything with the super type is a basic land. Um, and the five basic land types are, uh, forest, island, mountain, plains, and swamp. Um, wastes are not a basic land type. Yep. That's, that's a, that's kind of a weird, a weird thing where we were saying like, hey, super types aren't, aren't really dependent on the type, but then, but then basic is actually pretty, pretty tightly coupled. And... We even say that it's like, hey, you can have you can have any card or any number of cards that are that are you know have the basic type in your deck. Well, in reality, it's actually the rule is actually any number of basic land cards. So right now, uh, the way the rules are written, <laughs> if you had a what? I'm 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 realizing what you're saying right now. Yeah, so if I had ba- like we've got these some of these creatures that are like you can have any number of these creatures in your deck. And people go like, oh, well, why don't we just make them basic creatures? And it's right now, it's the, because the rules. Because then it would mean there would need to be a type. Or it or... would it would need to be, there need to be a rule that would actually say like, hey, any card with a, ty- a super type of basic, you can have any number in. Which I think is kind of fine. But then, oh, there's going to be all sorts of like vanilla spice jokes. if Or pumpkin spice jokes if you can have basic creatures. Oh, yeah. Infinitely. Yes. Um. To when when I when I to get a visual representation of the of wastes not being a type, if you look at a wa- a wastes, it just says basic land. Whereas if you look at a forest, it'll say basic land forest. Whereas a waste just says basic land. Yeah, so it's it's kind it's kind of weird when you say basic land forest. You actually have a super type, a type, and a subtype because forest is a subtype. Right. But it's for some reason it's it's treated from a rule standpoint. It's treated as like a single whole unit, and that's that's the rules about basic. Is that's, that's it, basically it, basic. Basically basic is they kind of exist only to do something fancy with lands. Uh, speaking of fancy, very fancy. Yeah, the next permanent, uh, the next super type is legendary. Uh, you can have legendary, the legendary super type on permanent cards. Or instance and sorceries, and they're a little bit different depending. Uh, so permanent cards with the super type, legendary, are subject to the state-based action that we know as the legend rule, which is if I have one legendary permanent and then another legendary permanent comes into play uh, with the same name, then I have to pick one of those two legendary permanents to get rid of. That's the state based. That is the state based action. So, so the legendary marker or the legendary super type on permanence basically makes that permanent subject to the legend rule. It just slaps a state based action on them, right? Uh, instance and sorceries are not the same as as uh, as the permanent. <laughs> Means card. a different thing. It does. What does it mean? Uh, it so instance or sorceries that have the super type of legendary. Uh, it adds a casting restriction that means that you can only cast them if you control a legendary creature or legendary planeswalker. So they're they're friends with their permanent counterparts, 
Um, but well, not them artifacts. Ooh, ooh. Apparently not. Artifacts and those lands and enchantments. Only can't, creatures can't or planeswalkers. Um, and while we're while we're on this subject, I, th- th- this is part of why we're doing this episode right now. Um, like we we the the show has discussed types in the past, but it turns out things change. Uh, at the time when this the original episodes were recorded, uh, legendary instants or sorceries were not a thing. And the idea of having a non-legendary uh, or plain, planeswalkers might not have even been legendary at the time. They were not. <clears throat> they were not. Well, they were just there. It was just the planeswalker rule. Mm-hmm. So you know, and updating a podcast would mean I would have to. We'd have to go in and update. You know what was what was big in 2014. I don't know. I don't know, like uh, uh, Crocs. You know, we have uh, references. I think Crocs, Crocs are pre twenty fourteen. Yeah, well, Crocs. Yeah. Um, uh. Hold on, I'm looking <laughs> up what was popular in twenty fourteen. What was popular? Uh, Tamagotchis. <laughs> Tamagotchis, huh? I don't know. Uh, it's been a really long two years. It's it's you know basically anything before twenty sixteen might have well been. Uh, 40 years ago. You said it's been a long two years. 2016 was three years ago. That too. <laughs> also that. Also that. Uh, at any rate. Uh, but so the it is useful to revisit topics like this because things change. Magic changes. Um, even though the, the physical cards, the, the cards from pre-2014 are still the same, they work in slightly different ways. But you know what? What hasn't changed since the last time we uh, we did this did this topic? The fact that world is not a thing that ever comes up. Uh, the the world uh, super type has not changed in the five years since we last did this <laughs> podcast. So the world super type is associated with enchantments more or less. Like you can you could in theory have them on other things, but they don't exist, and it's really not used anymore. They kind of stopped doing it around like 90, 1996. And what the world enchantments are is it has another state-based action. It's kind of like the legendary rule, similar in a to sense. legend, yeah, right. But at the so it's if two or more permanents have the super type world, uh, uh, all except the one uh, that has the world super type for the shortest amount of time are put into the owner's graveyard. So basically, if I have a world enchantment in play and I play the second world enchantment, that first one's going to go away. What if and I what make this was something is... else world? Right. This was a really early, early attempt to do what Plain Chase did, at least flavorly. Uh, uh, flavorly. Fla- Flavor-wise? Flavor-wise. Yeah, is I've gone to a world, I've gone to a plane, and then when I play another one, I go there instead. So the You are the going to a one. different location with a different set of effects. Right. Okay, so what's what's next? <laughs> so snow, snow, um, snow. snow is kind of just a little little asterisk, which is funny because it looks like a snowflake um, that says we we can refer to snow permanence or mana that is made from a snow permanent to make snow mana relevant. A, a lot of a lot of types and subtypes and stuff like that are really just markers so that the rules could refer to them. And snow is, so you can refer to snow permanence, and you can refer to mana made from snow permanence. Yep. 
nothing. Well, while I'm here, I can talk about yeah. ongoing. Yeah, you go. You go right ahead and do that. I don't know what to say about it because I've literally never encountered it. Uh, I can't talk about ongoing, Brian. What What does that mean? Uh, it it's something about schemes. <laughs> there's there's a there is it's a, an arch enemy super. Type. It is an arch enemy thing. Okay, so ongoing oh. scheme cards remain in the command zone until they are abandoned. Right. So so what happens is, is on scheme cards for arch enemy, you have this deck of these large cards, and like you will flip over some of your your ongoing some of your your scheme deck, and some of the the schemes will have like big sorcery type effects. Okay, like just you know every every opponent has to sacrifice a creature or something like that. An ongoing scheme. Uh, oh, sorry. Once once that card is revealed, you do the effect, and then it goes into the the discard pile or whatever. An ongoing scheme, as the name would imply, persists Continues. through that. Oh, persist is yes, a different it, thing. Well, it lowercase persists. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's ongoing with a capital O and a lowercase O. It, so, woo. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I've I've. I'm sure there are people out there who love Arch Enemy. I've We're not one of them. Definitely played it once. I believe I watched a game once. Once. Um, once. All right. So those are our super types. So what's next? We we just that we just covered super types. Well, if we're going if we're going in the order they will appear on cards, we can talk about types. Well, we're not going to break down into all the types yet, but we're just going to talk about what types mean. Um much like with uh, super types, uh, cards can have more than one type. We see artifact creatures fairly often. Um, you can change a card's type. Um, it gets spicy. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Um, we brought up tokens earlier. Tokens can have card types, even though they are not cards. A lot of creature tokens. There's artifact tokens. There's they they have types. Um, just because they're tokens does not mean they don't have types. Um, and uh, any copies, so copies of spells and copies of cards, um, can also have types of whatever they're copying. Well, generally, um, other unless they are being modified by something else. But and and that right there, those are the generic rules for types. And we're going to get into the specific rules for the specific types, but that's kind of it. You know, it's just like, hey, things can have types, <laughs> and those types have about... special rules. Yeah, it's 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 very, I imagine that's intentionally vague in order to go into the weirdness with each specific type. Um, so then we have subtypes, so we're going to cover the generic rules for subtypes. So uh, cards can have more than one subtype. Um if uh if a card has um multiple types the subtypes are associated with the correct type and what what i mean by that is not planeswalker um, food yeah not planeswalker food uh or if i have like you know artifact creature i can't have i can have dash golem but i can't have curse cuz that's an enchantment subtype right um subtypes are are each single words listed after the long dash so when it says you know like creature and then there's a dash uh and then it'll list the subtypes afterwards so you can actually have like creature dash 
goblin wizard. And when I say they're single words, uh, it has the subtypes of goblin and the subtype of wizard. It is it is not one type of goblin wizard. Yeah, or and one so subtype. old card, old cards that that rules actually in place because uh, uh, some old cards, or rather, let me see here how to describe it. We actually have some weird types because of old cards. For example, we used to have uh, Mishra's uh, uh, Mishra's work uh, not workshop. Wow, I'm blanking on uh, uh, Mishra's factory. Mishra's there we factory. Go. Uh, Mishra's factory would turn into turned into an assembly worker. Okay, but it was two distinct words on the card. So because of this rule, it would have been a type assembly and a type worker. <laughs> so what they did was is they changed it and made it hyphenated. So now assembly hyphen worker is a type. And they eroded the card to turn the creature into or turn the land into an assembly dash worker. This I, is also I don't why... like the idea of a creature assembly and a creature worker. Well, hold on now. It gets even it gets even better with these subtypes because when you think of like Urza's power plant, there's some weird there's some weird stuff going on with that because there is a there is a uh, a land subtype of Urza's, <laughs> which we'll we'll talk about that when we get to lands. But uh, uh, if an effect or whatever uh, or or whatever if an effect asks you to choose a subtype, uh, you have to choose. One and only one subtype. So it says choose a, choose a subtype. You can choose mutant or ninja or turtle, but you can't choose mutant ninja turtle. Or teenage. Well, yeah, because it has to be a subtype it that exists. It has to be a real one. has to be a real one, right. Which is, it's kind of a little bit upsetting that, that, that we don't have that. But that, there's, that you can't just choose a non-existent subtype or that, we, there, that there isn't a type or subtype of teenage I, for one, am perfectly okay not having a subtype of teenage. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that that fits. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, uh, artifacts, enchantments, lands, planeswalkers, um, planes, um, all have their own list of subtypes. Okay. Uh, creatures and tribal, th- those those out of those ones that I named, they have their own unique list of subtypes. Creature and tribal actually share a list of subtypes. So 100% overlap there. I had never considered that, but you know, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, so there you go. Uh, that's Those are all the rules for the generic rules for subtype. Woohoo. Yeah. Now we want to delve into... What all our different types are? Sure enough. All right. Well, you were just talking about we're going to talk about that when we get to lands. So yep. let's start there. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. Th- now I'm going to panic a little bit because I don't think I got that written down. So I got to figure out what we're going to say about that. Well, let me let me Point. let me just talk about lands for a bit while you do that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so things to know about cards with the type land. Um, we talked a fair amount about playing lands when we talked about special actions um but uh, a player who has priority while the stack is empty during the main phase on their turn can play a land if they haven't already played a land this turn uh woo if you want to learn more about playing lands and such and stuff like that again we did talk about that a lot in special actions um there are some effects that let you play an additional land uh to figure out what you can play, or if you can play another land, 
uh, count how many lands you have played, and then count how many effects that you have that let you play an additional land. Reasonably straightforward. Um, effects that will allow you to put lands onto the battlefield, they'll generally say, like, put something, put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, um, is not the same um, as playing a land, and does not count toward your your land plays for the turn. Um, if your land has, or if, if a card has a land type, um, and has the type land and another type, you can only play it as a land. So um, there are a fair number of artifact lands, um, and you can't figure out some weird way to play it as an artifact, you play it as a land. Yeah, you can't cast it. You cannot cast that, right? Um, and we were talking about basic land types earlier. Um, a land with a basic land type automatically has an ability of tap, add the relevant color for that that basic land. All right. Ready, ready, ready for me to blow your mind with, uh, with some Urzas? Ready for Urzas. Okay, so let's let's take the card Urza's Mine for a second. Um, that's the card's name, Urza's Mine. Then you look at the, Urza the type. Urza is yours. Says, what's that? It was a bad joke. Huh. I said. <laughs> so you look at the type line, and it says Land Dash Urza's Mine. And from what we know, we know that it's not Urza's Dash Mine. It's actually Urza's Mine. So that means those that land has two types. It has the type Urza's and the type Mine. And now the reason for that is when it says on the card, it says tap, add colorless, and it says if you control an Urza's power plant and an Urza's tower, add uh, two color, you know, colorless, colorless instead. It doesn't say if you control a, a card named yeah. Urza's power plant. Mm-hmm. It's referring to the type. So you could replace that like if you control a goblin wizard and a you know goblin shaman, then add colorless, colorless. So... In order to refer to the card, uh, or, or rather what they intended, which is the actual Urza's mind, they had to kind of make the type specific. In so order to make Urza's, the cards actually function as they want them to? Right. Well, they, they could have they gotten a little wordy and said, if you control a card named Urza's power plant and a right. card named Urza's tower, um, then do this. But that's kind of weird. And that's not the way people read. The, like, that doesn't read well. So yeah. they just did this thing. But yeah, Urza's is a type. I don't... Or subtype, subtype. I do not like that. Well, I'm sure Urza likes it. Good for Urza. <laughs> yeah, good, good. For, I mean, he's already got a mine, a power plant, a tower, like several of each, actually. It's good to own uh, land. Is, isn't that enough for him? <laughs> Why has he got to mess up my modern regional events by making the top eight take too long? You know what else Urza likes? What? Artifacts. Oh, good segue. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So our artifacts are our silverish looking looking uh uh friends. Um artifacts, you know, they're they're typically but not always colorless. So, you know, thematically they're you know, objects of power. Um so uh casting an artifact spell can be done when the active player has priority. And it's in the main phase, and the stack is empty. Otherwise known okay, as so those... sorcery speed. What's that? Otherwise known as sorcery speed. 
Yeah, otherwise no, aka sorcery, colloquially <laughs> referred to as sorcery spirit. Right. Um, artifact, the actual artifact type, doesn't have any characteristics specific to their card type, like power and toughness, um, or you know loyalty abilities or anything like that. It's just kind of a lump. Like it's, thematically, they're typically colorless, but they've broken those rules a lot within the last few years. And there, there's there's no one factor like some like tie that binds them all together, other than being artifacts. Right. I mean, th- from a from a flavor standpoint, they tend to be items. Just, yeah, physical, like op- non-living objects. Uh, unless you're Karn. Unless you're Karn. And only, be- and only before you become a planeswalker, because then you're not an artifact anymore. Because R and D. Right. <laughs> right. So so let's let's talk about let's talk about the subtypes, which actually do have rules that matter. Um, the most probably convinced the one that you're going to encounter the most is the equipment subtype. Um, equipments are a special subtype that can be attached to a creature, kind of like an enchantment or, or an aura, rather. When I say they get attached to a creature, uh, most people, they just take the card and kind of slide it under, and then the, the equipment itself normally provides some sort of bonus to the enchanted creature, or the equipped creature, the attached creature. They can't be attached to anything that isn't a creature, okay? So if somehow you get your enchantment into a creature, um, and then... Get a get an equipment on there. When it stops being a creature, that equipment's going to fall Just off. Fall right off. It can't. Yeah, it can't carry the, it anymore. No, and it's like if your equipment's like a sword or something like that. When your when your big strong creature goes back to being, you know, the land that it is, it's going to drop that sword. Um, Flavor equipment. <laughs> equipment doesn't enter the battlefield attached to a creature. Okay, so you play it, it just enters the battlefield. Now, there might be an enters the battlefield triggered ability that attaches it to a creature, like Living Weapon, for example. Like your boy Batterskull? Yeah. So so the way Batterskull works is the equipment hits the battlefield, and then it creates a trigger that says make a 0-0 germ token, and then put the equipment on it in the middle of resolving the trigger. So, um, yep. Uh, equipment uses the equip keyword to attach the equipment to a creature you control. Again, creature, and that you control. Um, control of the creature only matters when the uh, the equip ability is activated or resolves. So, in order for the equip ability to actually happen, you have to control the creature when you activate the ability, and then when the ability resolves. If it changes in the middle, the equip ability doesn't doesn't do anything. But that doesn't mean that it can't swap later. Right. Um, if you attempt to equip something that can't be equipped, the equipment just doesn't move. So if it can't hold that sword and you try and give it a sword, it's just going to drop at its feet and it's just going to look at you and blink. It doesn't attach and then unattach. Right. So if you have something that cares about when you attach it, it, there's never, there's no like in between moment where it was attached at some point. Yep. Now here's, here's some weird rules. So, so. From a rule standpoint, they're actually very concerned about uh, creatures being able to attach to other things. So we're going to see this with uh, equipment, and we're going to see it again with auras. But they've kind of got these rules that if an equipment somehow gains the creature type, uh, it can't it can't uh, equip or be equipped. Or sorry, it can't it can't be equipped. So the equipability just doesn't do anything if your equipment somehow becomes a creature. And then even weirder, if the artifact loses the equipment subtype, even though it has the equipability, 
it can't equip a creature. So you're saying the creatures can't cannot piggyback themselves, and if your equipment suddenly stops, <laughs> I'm I'm trying like like if you have an equipment. So if you have a sword, uh, uh, an equipment, and that equipment um, somehow loses the type equipment, it's still an artifact, and it still it has the, the equip ability. <laughs> it still has the equip ability. It can't equip a creature. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, if an equipment equips an illegal permanent, uh, it becomes un- if it, if it somehow equips an illegal permanent, it becomes unattached and stays on the battlefield. And and by, also by illegal permanent, I mean like also if the creature that it was equipped to dies and goes to the graveyard. Um, generally, these are things are you you put the you put the equipment on the creature and then like either the creature dies or it gains protection gains from protection, artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. The equipment's just gonna fall off. And then one of the other things that's kind of weird, we get we get asked this question fairly often, is the equipment's controller and the creature the equipment is attached to doesn't have to remain the same. So when I equip, I have to control the creature. Or in order to use the equip ability, I have to control the, the creature. But then if I donate the equipment to an opponent or we exchange control of the creature, you know, uh, the equipment doesn't automatically fall off. Right, that was... Sort of what we were talking about earlier. It will check when you're when you're equipping it, but then if that if that control changes later, it's not just gonna fall off. Yep. Equipment is surprisingly complicated, which makes sense. Yep. And and you know what else is equally complicated? Fortifications. <laughs> I, oh, fortifications. I guess. Yep. Yep. And we're going to repeat all those exact same. We're going to go through the all the same rules all over again, or we're just going to say it's it's instead of equipment for creatures, it's equipment for land. How about we and then just edit in and then just walk away. Edit in us describing the equipment, except you we we edit in our voice like saying land in all the places where we said creature. How do you feel about that, Brian? Uh, fortification. Are special subtypes that can be attached to a land. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so we'll just do that. Uh, uh, n- no, we're good. No, we're good. No, <laughs> no. That, doesn't, that's, that sounds bad. <laughs> but vehicles are way cooler than fortifications. They are, because I will actually play with a vehicle. Are there playable vehicles now in any format? I mean, just in general. Yeah, they're cool. You know, we've got we've got uh, Frontier, Pioneer, or whatever it's called. You know, Smuggler Copter's making a comeback, right? I don't know what Pioneer's going to look like, but I'm going to... I'll give it a chance. The, the, the looter scooter. I'm really sad that Pioneer doesn't include Innistrad, but only because I really like Innistrad. Uh, and I'm aware that it, you know, contains Snapcaster Mage and Liliana of the Veil. Vale. I get it, but I'm still grumpy about it. <laughs> um but vehicles uh vehicles they have the ability crew um that allow them to become an artifact creature by doing some stuff um and they have a printed power and toughness on them um but it it's only relevant if it is also a creature at that time so generally if it is crude C C R E W E D, not C R U D. Yes, it's it's <laughs> crude. Crude, 
and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more next episode when we, when we, yeah. when we talk about crewing. Um, we're actually changing and adding and, and changing the type, so we'll talk about that more in the type changing portion of this next episode. But for the most part, vehicles, power and toughness, they have the crew ability, and that's about it. They that's, have a, that's what what makes vehicles vehicles. Yeah. Yep, they have a neat frame. Hmm. They have a neat frame. They do have a neat frame. Yep. You know what else has a neat frame? <laughs> Contraptions. Contraptions. We y'all go back and listen to the unstable episode. It is my finest moment of making Jess mad. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you what did you do to make him mad? Uh, I I whose line is it anyway? To the points, and Jess went oh, back through the episode and was like, "I totally would have right. won if you were actually keeping track of the points." <laughs> Right. Oh, he got so mad. That was great. Yeah. That was fun. We should do more episodes like I that. I would love to do more. If, hey y'all, if you if you want to do if you want to hear more silly episodes like our unstable episode that was a game show, uh let us know because I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> awesome. Um but yeah, contraptions are a thing. They're artifacts. Um it's from unstable. Um they're in their own separate contraption deck, they, you put them on the battlefield by assembling them, and you activate them by cranking them. Um, there's cute little reminder cards for contraptions that show you sort of how they work. If you're uncertain how they work, those little, little cards help a lot. And then there's a few other subtype artifact subtypes that really don't have any rule special meaning. Like, they're tied to abilities. Like clues are tied to the investigate mechanic they're tied to you know spend two tap sack draw a card but there's nothing that forces them to have that ability so they they do uh, not inherently have that ability by virtue of having the subtype clue or what have you having a clue does not give you an ability i <laughs> I want to find the... Oh, there's a helicopter outside my window that I know everyone can hear. Um, oh. But... That would that would be the SWAT team I called to get you. Oh, no. I Yeah. Live SWATting. I did it for the ratings. Does that help our ratings? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, while I'm, while I'm not actively being SWATted, uh, enchantments. And I'll be here for the next, you know, three minutes until my door gets broken down. Um, okay. Enchantments, uh, things to know. I, as we as we talked about with artifacts, enchant it. The timing is similar. Uh, you cast them during your main phase when the stack is empty, um, and you have priority. Um, they again have no inherent characteristics specific to being an enchantment, uh, much like with artifacts. Uh, but a couple of they they generally are just things that sit on the battlefield and do stuff. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that about any permanent. Now that I say that, but um, <laughs> right. But they don't have like uh, loyalty uh, abilities or, or power, power and, toughness, and toughness. Yeah. Um, or ma- uh, you know, an intrinsic mana ability just tied to the fact that it's uh. You know, enchantment planes. Right. 
Uh, we do have some subtypes that have interesting roles. So we have auras. Uh, they are, as Brian said a little bit earlier, um, it's similar-ish to equipment. Um, aura spells uh, must target... Uh, must have a target that is defined by its enchantability. So it'll say enchant X thing. So enchant green creature. You have to target a green creature. Um, if in or- they also they also require a target. You can't just cast them for funsies. Right. Like most most enchantments don't don't necessarily have a target. They might have a triggered ability that has a target. Auras are specific in the fact that they have a target. Right. You can't. You cannot just choose to play it and have, and have it not go anywhere. Um, if an aura is attached to um, an illegal object, again as defined by its enchantability, or the object it was attached to no longer exists, then it is put into its owner's graveyard as a state-based action. So our our in our scenario of our enchant green creature, um, if it becomes bl- if your creature becomes blue, you're, you're not enchanting a green creature anymore. Or if your green creature leaves a battlefield, you're not enchanting a green creature anymore. And so... <laughs> I just I just realized how, how weird that sentence reads. So if the green creature enchanted with an enchant green creature aura <laughs> becomes blue... If you really think about... That's a lot, magic of, a lot of words. In general, there's... <laughs> If you really think about the the things that we're saying right now out of context, it sounds real <laughs> weird. Um, other things to like note: this next sentence, <laughs> auras cannot enchant themselves. If that happens, uh, you put your aura into the graveyard, um, or as as Brian wrote into the show notes, the world explodes. J.K. Put it in the graveyard. Uh, it's like the it's like the LSV Magic Online video with all the Oblivion rings where he broke Magic Online. Um, if oh, just by cycling with the with the three with three, Oblivion. yeah, they keep trying to target themselves. Uh, so I do want to point out there is a way to get an aura to enchant itself, and good job. Your prize is you put the aura in the graveyard. All that work when you could have just not cast it, and you would have gotten the same effect. How would you do that, Brian? Unless it's not worth it, discussing. So this is this is one of those those instances where having Isaac on would be really, really helpful. Uh, it's one of those things I used to know mm. and have since forgotten because it never comes up. Hey, y'all, if you know how to do this, let us know. So what's next? Uh, next... Uh, if your aura somehow is somehow a creature, much like with our, our equipment, it can't enchant anything. However, it, in this case, you would unattach it and then donk it into your graveyard. Um, it doesn't just <laughs> chill out on the battlefield. You donk it. Yeah, I am once again using the verb donk. I like it. Uh, I'm fine um, with that. Uh, auras cannot enchant... Well, an, an aura cannot enchant more than one object or player in the case of a curse, right? Curses enchant yeah. players? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it does somehow attach enchant more than one thing, uh, the 
Aura's controller, yes. Yeah. Chooses which, yes. So if you somehow get it where where it's going to do both, you know, pick one. I again, I want to know a scenario where it's going to do both. Um, it's probably it's probably like some trigger that when it when it happens, it, it it's like the trigger happens and then <sighs> coming coming up with a hypothetical there is some card that creates a token and attaches the enchantment to it, but then you have a thing that whenever you make a token, you make two tokens instead. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it would almost, it would almost be like, uh, like living weapon where you would, you'd You'd make make two two germ germ tokens tokens. simultaneously. Yeah. Right. And you would just pick which, uh, which one the batter skull attached to. Makes sense. Um, which, um, there's probably a rule, there's a rule for, uh, 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 equipment that that covers that also, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. We said that earlier. We you just weren't paying definitely attention. mentioned it. Yep. Um. So the the controller of the aura and the controller of the enchanted object um, can be different. Um, some auras will give activated abilities to the attached object, um, and some auras have activated abilities on their own uh pay attention to when you're when you're enchanting something uh determining what you want to what you actually want to target if it's going to become an ability of the creature or become or be an ability on the aura in case it matters to you right and if the creature if the creature changes if if, like i steal control of brogan's creature okay and the enchantment gave the creature the ability, then I can use that ability, that activated ability. But if the enchantment has the activated ability, well, Brogan still controls that. I can't use it. Haha. Got him. Got him. Um, if an aura enters the battlefield in a way other than resolving from the stack and the effect putting it onto the battlefield doesn't specify what it's going to be enchanting, uh the player controlling it chooses what it will enchant and you have to choose a legal object according to whatever the enchantability says. Um, So you don't have to target something, but you still have to, you can still enchant it so you can get your auras on creatures with shroud, I guess. So, so like if you have a, if you have an enchantment that says can't enchant a creature greater th- with uh, with power greater than three, and I just throwing that out there. Sure. And then you have something that lets you pull it out of the graveyard and put it on the battlefield. Um, then uh, hold on, that's not quite. Uh, I don't think that's quite the example. We're no, that's that's for. actually the next point that I was I'm, I'm starting to make. Um, yeah, so you can actually just uh, if you've got shroud or hexproof where it says it can't become a target or something like that, or can't be targeted by red spells. Well, you normally wouldn't be able to put a red enchantment on it, but if something's taken from the graveyard and putting it on the battlefield, you can circumvent that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I think, didn't we talk about something with enchant, getting auras on shroud creatures in the corner case episode? I'm not sure. Maybe not. Don't think so. Uh, moving on from there, if an aura is trying to enter the battlefield and there are no legal objects for it to enchant, uh, then it will remain in its current zone, unless that zone is the stack. And if that zone is the stack, then it'll go to the graveyard. So 
if if your aura is trying to enter the battlefield from the graveyard and there's nothing for it to enchant, it never leaves the graveyard. Um, however, unless it's on the stack somehow, oh, if, if it is on the stack and it's like, oh no, there's nothing for me to enchant, then it will go to the graveyard. It doesn't just chill on the stack somehow. Um, similarly, if an effect tries to have an aura on the battlefield attached to something else that it cannot legally enchant, then it doesn't move, stays where it is. All right. Woohoo. So, ah, the next up is sagas. Okay, so sagas are also kind of interesting in, in the sense that they have a unique feature called chapter abilities. I don't actually think that that sagas are the only thing that could have chapter abilities, but they're pretty tightly coupled to this mechanic. Yeah, they're 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 um, just in, inherently linked in how they've made them. Right. Right. So sagas are enchantments with a unique feature called chapter abilities. Um, and what the chaptered abilities are are uh, essentially triggered abilities that trigger um, when you get a certain number of what's called lore counters on it. So uh, from a from a standpoint, you'll have like chapter one will be do X, chapter two will be do Y, chapter three will do will do Z. And the lore counter controls what chapter you're, or the lore counters control what chapter you're on. So when the saga enters the battlefield, you're going to put a lore counter on it. Okay, and that's tied to the type. And there is reminder text for a lot of this on a lot of the sagas. Yep. Um, then uh, when a player uh, enters the pre-combat, when, or sorry, as that's a that's a that's a difference. <laughs> that is um, a different thing. Yes. As the player's pre-combat phase begins, that player puts a lore counter on each saga they control. This is not a triggered ability. This is actually part of the turn. This is a turn-based action, so you can't miss it, per se, like you can't miss triggers. So you're going to put counters counters on these things in your pre-combat main phase. When a lore counter is put on the saga, it triggers the ability associated with that quantity of lore counters. So you're telling me that I can't respond to putting the counter on, but I can respond to the triggered ability. Correct. Yay. Okay, then if a saga has N or more lore counters on it, where N is the last chapter ability, okay, so let's say I've got Phyrexian scriptures out and I've got, somehow I've got four lore counters on it, then what's going to happen is I go I go from two lore counters to four lore counters. Well, it's going to trigger that last ability, exile cards from an opponent's graveyard. That ability is going to go on the stack, and when that chapter ability has left the stack, the saga is going to be put into the graveyard as a state-based action. Okay, so sagas are that's kind weird. of weird. It is kind of weird. Like it plays out, you know, like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. But as soon as you start going like, oh, I'm going to do funky things with counters. Yeah, if you start to, to to add more counters on, or take counters off, or do weird things with your, it, it gets weird. Uh, it's also a little unclear. I don't remember if the lore counters are tied to having chapter abilities or if they're tied to the saga subtype. I think they're tied to the saga subtype, though. I don't know. Um, it's just kind of all tied together. Like, they're so tightly coupled that... Um, that, that who knows what, what... Is it It's a chicken or the egg kind of situation? Yeah, it just says sagas use lore counters, and when as a saga enters the battle, so I guess it's tied to the type. As a saga enters the battlefield, put a lore counter on it. So yeah, that's tied to the type, not the not the chapter abilities. Okay. Okay. So 
things, uh, enchantment subtypes with no special rules are the curses, which which are is like an, typically an, enchant players. an aura that enchants a player, right? And then I'd forgotten about the cartouches. I don't actually. One second. Yeah. All right. I'm ha- oh, these ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so cartu- cartouches. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing cartouche. That sounds right. Cartouche-i. Cartouche-i. Um, cartouche-i. Cartouche-i. Um, are these Egyptian-themed, like, scarab sigils or something like that. And in Amonkhet, they were auras that you could play and they would do a thing. And then there were other cards that had a triggered ability when you played a cartouche or let you return a cartouche to their to your hand or something like that. Trials. So, right. So there's, again... Kind of illustrates the the point of subtypes is a lot of times a subtype will exist just to group things together so that other cards can refer to it. Not like, necessarily to have any rules meaning on its own. Right. The The reason uh, uh, the when we get into creatures, a dwarf subtype is different from a goblin subtype is just based on the ability of other cards to reference dwarves and other cards to reference goblins without referencing each other. Right. That's it. Yep. All right. That's a, so that's enchantments. That's a wrap for enchantments. So what else we got? So we've been going for almost an hour. So you want to do one more? One. And then more. we'll uh, we'll break. Yeah. One more. One more type. Well, we got we got sure. like two more types. Yeah, we'll cheat it, and do a twofer. Yeah, we got instants and sorceries. Um, they behave pretty similarly, other than. When you can cast them, um, instants can be cast whenever you, whenever a player has priority. Well, whenever you have priority as the person casting it. Um, or, and a sorcery um, can be cast during your main phase, when the stack is empty, when you have priority. Again, similar to the timing on enchantments and artifacts and lands, generally. Um, things that are relevant to both instants and sorceries. Um, they're, they're not permanents. Um, if something says an instant or a sorcery should enter the battlefield, um, it will stay wherever it is instead, uh, again, because it's not a permanent. Uh, we're gonna disregard manifest here because manifest lets you place all kinds of weird stuff face down on the battlefield, but, um... If something says that it can only be cast or activated when you could cast an instant, it means when you have priority. If you have something else modifying when you can play an instant, it it doesn't change when you can cast something at instant speed. Or so, when you can cast something that says whenever you could cast an instant. Um, similarly, if something says it can only be cast or activated when you could cast a sorcery, it specifically means in your main phase when the stack is empty. If you have something modifying when if you if you have something saying your sorceries have flash, um, you cannot then cast everything with flash. That I want to see. I want to see that happen. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, <laughs> to to discuss something that. Brian and I both had to look up what cards this was relevant for. Um, yep. If in effect checks to see if a spell was cast any time a sorcery couldn't have been cast, um, it's checking 
only whether the spell's controller cast it without without having priority, during a phase that wasn't their main phase, or while another object was on the stack. Um, the I think the card that most people will recognize that this was relevant for is... Spider Climb. Necromancy. Spider Climb. <laughs> so it says if you cast it any time a sorcery couldn't have been cast. I have... No one's heard of Spider Climb, Ryan. Spider Climb. Well, well, now they've heard of it. So in in four more years, when we redo this topic, uh, they'll be up on their Spider Climb. Yeah, yeah. Next, next time in four years, everyone will yeah. know Spider Climb. Yeah, these these cards like haven't been printed. These are cards are from like Mirage and Visions. Uh, although Armor of Thorns has been reprinted in uh, Vintage Masters. Oh, yeah, boy. Because you know, vintage the most Donald. relevant set of all time. Yeah. Um, mean it though. <laughs> so yeah, that's an interesting little little rule that I definitely had to look up. Yeah. So this is kind of weird because it says it says uh, the the rule specifically is if it was cast without having priority. Suddenly so you're like, well, how? And we had this how, how discussion before this? the show. It's like, wait, how are you going to cast this without having priority? And I was like, oh, if you're casting it in the middle of resolving another ability, right. Like so, it's like flip over the top few cards of your library and ca- you know cast a cast this spell. Would it, while another object was on the stack not apply there? Uh, it would, but it's just a catch all. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you cast something in the middle? Huh? Can you cast something without having priority while another object's not on the stack? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you I can. Don't... I don't see how you Send would. Us an email. Uh, I'm sure someone will will tell us if we're wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, other things about instants and sorceries. Um, if the text states that a player may do something anytime they could cast an instant, it means that they have to have priority. Uh, they don't need to have an instant that they were that they were able to cast. Um, any effects that would preclude that player from casting a spell or casting an instant don't affect their ability to to perform their action at any time they could cast an instant. Unless that action's actually casting an instant. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, so that's those are the rules that are common for instants and sorceries. Yeah. With regard to their type. Uh, th- um, things that are inherently true... Because of the, because of being in an instant or sorcery, yeah. And when they resolve, uh, some, so something else that we haven't actually talked about a whole lot is there are permanent types and there are spell types. And permanent types, when their spell resolves, they go to the battlefield. And uh, the spell types, instance of sorceries, when those spells resolve, they go to the graveyard. Generally speaking, right. And that's that is a difference that I guess when we were breaking it down this way, that doesn't that that didn't come out clearly but that is the case is when these things resolve they go to the graveyards generally generally all right so there there are other uh some of the other i mean because instants and sorceries those are two big types do they have all what about all this all the sorcery and instant subtypes there's got to be tons of multitudes of instant and sorcery subtypes well uh you got arcane uh which 
is really only relevant if we're talking about splicing something. In Kamigawa, yeah. right? Um, which, there's not much more to say about that other than it's used in used with splice. Yeah, so in that particular case, the rules are written, like, you can splice onto anything. Or, or the, the actual splice ability can splice just about near anything. It's just that when the splice mechanic was first used, it was very it was used heavily with arcane. So back in Kamigawa block, arcane was used to denote, or sorry, the whole block was like the mortal world versus the spiritual world, and the arcane subtype was used to denote spells from the spiritual world. I didn't know enough about the set to know that that was the case, <laughs> but <laughs> so, neat. Right. And so, and so again, it was a marker in a lot of cases where it's, you know, if you do this, go get an arcane spell. If you cast an arcane spell, do this, you know, and then you had the mechanics that let you splice onto arcane, which meant if I am casting an arcane spell, then if I have a card that says splice onto arcane, I could actually add the text from that second spell onto my arcane spell by paying the cost and I keep that splice onto arcane spell I just kind of add the text to the spell I'm already casting and you keep your your thing you spliced on still in your hand right so that was that was kind of cool um but it's splice is not uh it's thematically tied to the arcane subtype but the arcane subtype is really just a marker to to refer to right things you could you could have you could have other cards that say like splice onto trap oh we're gonna talk about traps you've activated my trap card ryan oh um did you just make a pokemon reference i think it's Yu-Gi-Oh. i was trying to make some people mad. oh (laughs) then yeah ryan it was definitely a pokemon reference uh there with all uh, no i got trap card i choose you Yes. Uh, so, uh, traps, uh, mechanically, they are uh, spells that have an alternate or reduced cost if your opponent has satisfied some sort of condition. So, if if Brian does something, then good job, I get a cheaper spell. I don't have the text of any of the trap cards in my mind right now. Oh, it's it's basically like if your opponent casts uh, mind break trap. Uh, if an opponent casts three or more spells this turn, you may pay zero rather than pay mind break trap's mana cost. Is it exile all cards on exile the stack? Exile any number of target spells. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's it's again not something that inherently means anything. It just has meant if your opponent did whatever, you get a cheaper spell. And then the last. The last instant or sorcery subtype is kind of cheating. You want to take us on this adventure, Brian? Not really, because we just talked about this an episode or two ago. But the reason why it cheats is because it's on a second type line. It's like a little subtype line within. So adventure cards, uh, if you are listening to this, you know, whatever whatever sets come out a year or two from now, uh, adventure came out with Throne of Eldraine. And they appear on adventure cards or what's called adventurer cards which are cards with two different type lines so you'll have the creature 
type line and then in the text in the in the box in the in the text box it's got like a little book or something and it's got another type line within the you know within the the, the text box and these are instance or sorceries that again have rules tied to the you know the frame and the subtype and stuff like that that we talked about um, in the release notes episode for Throne of Eldraine. Uh, essentially, you can cast the spell as so you can cast the spell as the creature part or the adventure part, the the sorcery or the instant. If you cast it as the adventure, when the spell resolves, instead of putting it in the graveyard, you put it in exile. And then you can cast the creature part of it from exile using the normal timing rules for casting a creature. Yeah, just just That's go pretty much go it. listen to Throne of Eldraine release notes. Right. Uh, when we get to um, next episode, we'll probably come back and talk about adventures a little bit more with regard to there was a recent rules change uh, dealing with the the timing of when. You know, if you're allowed to cast instants and sorceries from your graveyard, because the adventure cards are creatures. Right. Okay. Can can I cast the adventure? Uh, the answer the answer is yes. Um, for reasons. For, for, I feel like that SpongeBob, you know, meme where he's like making the, the, the rainbow. He's like, for reasons. Imagination. Imagination. Yep. Right. So, uh, so that is uh, part one on types. Next next episode, we'll be talking about creatures, planeswalkers, tribals, and then we're probably going to be making jokes about planes, phenomenons, vanguard schemes, and conspiracies, <laughs> as opposed to actually covering. We them. will discuss them. We will explain relevant rules text. <laughs> No promises. <laughs> we will attempt to explain relevant rules text. Well, you you can. I'll just sit back in the back and make make comments. I accept this peanut gallery. <laughs> yes. All right. Anything else we want to say before we sign off and prepare for part two? Yeah. Uh, also, also next episode we'll be doing the type changing effects and, and some casting and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it'll be it'll be a good episode. Tune in, true believers. Tune in, like like number two in. Anyway, um, thanks y'all for listening. Uh, if you like our show, you can find more of our episodes on our archives at judgecast.com. If you want to reach out to us or all the multitudes of times I said during the course of this episode uh, that you should let us know if X... Uh, you can let us know if X uh, on our Twitter, at uh, JudgeCast on Twitter, on Facebook, facebook.com slash JudgeCast, or send us an email to JudgeCast at gmail.com. All of that being said, I am Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Perlman, and I keep being in the peanut gallery. That is true. That is true.